Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If there's one common thread, it might be that men perceive church as too feminine. We have to be aggressive in the world when it's appropriate. We are warriors. One, two, three. Warriors! You are a real man when you commit to study God's word and you commit to being conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the biblical perspective on being a man. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And just in case you didn't think the love of the world is growing cold, this is Wretched Radio. Can you see the images of the sweet faces of the three children who were mowed down in cold blood in a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee? Can you see the faces of the brave adults who tried to protect those children Does that stop some people from pouring out vitriol? It absolutely does not. The love of the world growing cold is in full display in the immediate shadow of a national tragedy. This was a wicked, horrible event, as they all are. And yet in three, two, one, talk show host David Pakman, you probably don't listen to him unless you're progressive, Quote, and I'm not kidding, you might want to put an umbrella over your head because this tweet is dripping with sarcasm. Very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school, given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Oh, man. I hope you're wearing a sweater because that is cold as ice. Quote, Is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly despite being a Christian school? Wow. Not only is it a wildly inaccurate representation of the concern that many of us have about what goes on in public schools, it's just as chilly as it can possibly be. How can you make a comment like that when you see the faces of those six people Everywhere. How can you talk like that? Because the love of the world is growing cold. Gun control activists from Moms Demand Action. That's a bad MDA. Moms Demand Action. Quote, if prayers alone worked, there wouldn't have been a mass shooting at a school where they pray. Do your bleeping job. Television show writer. I don't know who the person is. Dead, maimed children equals thoughts and prayers, trademark. Drag queen story hour equals impassioned condemnation and priority legislation. The thing is, if we get an assault rifle to every drag queen, the GOP would make story hour a national holiday. Wickedly hateful and unloving. Newsweek, quote, Drag shows and gender-affirming care for minors were banned in Tennessee this month. While assault weapons remain legal. See? See? Model and top chef television hosts. I don't know who it is either. But drag shows and gender-affirming health care are what get banned in Tennessee. So, obviously, the same old, same old gun business. But that isn't the point. What is motivating these caustic comments? Cold hearts, just in case you're not agitated enough. Civil rights attorney and Harvard Law clinical instructor. Thank small g God 
Tennessee protected the children from so-called horrors of drag and gender-affirming care. <laughs> you know, where we literally lop off human body parts. Ah, this is such an inverted reality we have to exist in right now. Did you see the tweet from the president of the United States? Just in case you're not persuaded, what is up is down. Isaiah 6 just technicolor display these days, or is it Isaiah 5? I read both chapters. They're both very excellent. What's black is white. What's up is down. The president of the United States tweeting that the Republicans are trying to defund border control. We don't need less. We need more border control, said the president of the United States, who has done everything to do the exact opposite of that. <laughs> it's like, you just get <laughs> If I could make this stuff up, actually, I couldn't. YouTube talk show host. In light of three children getting killed in a school shooting in Nashville, remember the Tennessee Republicans have squandered their time in office banning drag shows under the pretense of keeping kids safe. Do they have any care, compassion, or concern for the families that are mourning and weeping buckets of tears right now? No. Could you engage with their arguments and have a debate with them? I would suggest to you... And I think that this is the point worthy of our consideration is we don't. Now, somebody is going to scream, hey, we've got to engage these people. We can't just let this happen. Hold on. I didn't say we don't let that happen. But what do the Proverbs teach us about talking and trying to reason with a fool? I'm talking about a Nabal fool, like what we're reading here. And you can pick any story in your newsfeed these days that proves we are dealing with people whose thinking is so darkened that they are Romans 1 fools. That's biblical language. That's not me name-calling. That's the Bible rightly identifying the people that you and I are currently living with. They started out by rejecting God. That's the biggie. That's the highest hurdle. So once you jump over God's existence, well, then you are off to the foolish races. Suddenly, what's in a mother's womb isn't really a baby. It's a blob. Suddenly, a boy with particular body parts can identify and transition as a girl and have ESPN say he's the female of the year. <laughs> oh, if I were only joking, Leah. Thomas, whatever his name, Will, I think is his name, is Women's History Month special, recognizing him for being such an amazing woman. Quote from Will Leah, being trans is not a choice. Um, actually, I think that's precisely what it is, because you choose to do it or you don't. I didn't have any other choice because not transitioning was not leading me anywhere. Didn't make him happy. This is that same feelings-driven sentimentality that is basically determining the way that everybody behaves. How do I feel? That's the way I've got to act. Rather than applaud female swimmers who have trained for years to earn medals, ESPN cast those who objected to Thomas's participation in the women's category as being not inclusive or accepting. These, these people are just entirely darkened. And the Proverbs warn us that if you engage with a fool, you are the fool. 
you are a fool to engage with fools. Now, I am not suggesting that we take the Russell Moore way and we just shrink back. I am not saying that at all. It is a time for us to be courageous. It is a time for us to speak up. But when the Proverbs speak to us regularly about how to engage a fool, because there are some fools that you can help. There are some fools who, with a rod to the back, they'll have some sense. <laughs> Basically take the place of the foolishness that the rod drove out. But there are some fools that are entirely foolish. And you can't reason with them. And by trying to do so, you yourself become the fool. So to engage with these people and try to reason with them, I think is a fool's errand. And the Proverbs tell us so. So you say, all right, well, we're not supposed to try to reason with, say, Hillary Clinton, if you ever bump into her, who called the law banning adult cabaret shows, as she calls them, adult cabaret shows. The people that want to ban them, it's absurd. That's just absolutely bizarre. And these laws should go the way of the dinosaur. You can't reason with Hillary Clinton. Her mind is darkened. Her reason machine is busted. And the only thing that can put it back together is salvation. Only God can take a darkened mind bring light into it, and then start to change and affect it. Which means if you and I are going to engage with this world, if you and I are going to be courageous, and we should, if you and I are going to speak up, and we must, we really, boy, I'm seeing some stuff. We got to be careful right now because there's, there's, a, there's some flirting going on out there about evangelicals. Hey, yeah, we've got spiritual weapons, but sometimes we've got to bear an actual sword. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've got the sword of the word. We go and make disciples. That is our response. And if you if you like to use that type of language, which the Bible does, so I'm fine with it, our weapons are not carnal. They're not fleshly. We wield the sword of the word for people to stop being so loveless, hateful, terrible to people who are suffering such a tragic loss, to treat little children and women. Hello, ESPN. We're looking at you. They need to be saved. Nothing is going to change them but salvation. So if you and I are weary from seeing a world that is so wonky, so bizarre, so upside down, so harmful to women and children, we must respond biblically. It is time for the church to get serious about the Great Commission. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves 
$500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, we've noticed something interesting. Some of you have previously supported us here at Wretched, and we are so extremely grateful for that. We're like, wow, what a blessing. But then we got to thinking, what if we could multiply that blessing? Think about it for just a second. Paul's message to the Philippians, he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, whom I long to see, stand firm in the Lord. Standing firm is not just a one-time thing. It's an ongoing commitment. It's like eating your vegetables and brushing your teeth. So we thought, hey, why not invite our previous supporters to take a step further and become an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner. Imagine the impact we could make together, reaching millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And don't worry, I'm not asking you to sell your car or give up your morning Starbucks, but we do hope you'll prayerfully consider standing firm with us on a monthly basis. And again, we want you to understand that we are so grateful for your previous support, but you might find that being an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner is kind of like having dessert every day. Wretched, amazing grace amazing gospel. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Know your reformers. Ulrich Zwingli was a Swiss reformer who pioneered expository preaching, introduced the regulative principle, and brought a Republican government to Switzerland. He fought against the Roman Catholic Church for theological and political independence and died in battle. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Bring it on, bring it on. This is Wretched Radio. You say, Friel, I'm not persuaded that the world's mind is totally darkened, that the love of the world has grown cold. Prove it, skinny boy. Let me bring you to Canada, a university professor who has written a book, no kidding, about a fellow who is a pedophile. University of Victoria professor has written a book on Norman Douglas, a well-known British author who raped multiple 10-year-old children. And in the book, she doesn't describe him as a pedophile. And she doesn't describe the children as victims. She was interviewed on somebody's podcast. If you are not persuaded that trying to change the thinking of a world whose brain is busted is a fool's errand, well, listen for yourself. Late 19th century, they referred to them uh, as a pederasty, which had its own set of um, connotations. Um, so in... Um, I, can't, I can't help but notice 
<laughs> she's having to work hard to remember how she needs to parse this out because she even recognizes, you know, people might think I'm a little cuckoo on this. Oh, don't worry, madam. Uh, your your secret is out. In writing this book, I didn't want to uh, use uh, pedophile discourse because no. I felt like yeah. um, uh-huh. it would um, yes. fail mm-hmm. to capture this other historical organizing system. I didn't want to use the word pederasty or pedophile because I didn't want to minimize this. What did what exactly did she say? <laughs> this is why she took so long to say it. Fail to capture this other historical organizing system. Ah, this historic. You see, back then, those old dum-dums. I was, oh, I know what I was watching. I was watching Road Trip to Truth season four. That's <laughs> in post-production right now. Jake did it. He, Jake is the new host of Road Trip to Truth. Uh, John Fabar is disappointing us by not taking on season four. You'd think that he had a wife and two kids now in a ministry in California. I mean, really? And Jake was out on campus and he was talking to the kids about racism. Where do you think we're at as a nation? And each one of the four kids that he engaged with said, I I think we're doing better, but it'll be even better when all of the old people die off. Because you see, anybody who's not their age, anybody who came before, they're just dumb. So this, whatever, categorizing historical system or whatever she made up, it's those old people, that's, you know, so we can just reject it because, well, we are, we. Uh, For uh, intergenerational sex, which was the topic that I wanted to intergenerational sex, inter intergenerational sex, not pedophilia, because that actually we love the word homophobia, (laughs) but not pedophilia, which is a love for children. No, no. Let's make it sound clinical. Let's make it sound like a diagnosis so that. We can import it underneath the umbrella of the LGBTQ business. You don't think the mind of the world is darkened and the love of the world has grown cold? She's a university professor in Victoria, Canada. Um, I just felt like uh, contemporary, that contemporary language would have um, made it impossible, really, for us to reckon with this prior historical system. Oh, right. Yes. So to call it what they used to call it when we're studying the era where this was taking place would not help people today to understand what was going on in that historical moment. Are are we all tracking with this? And right now, I hope every single synapse in your brain is going. Why? Because their brains are wired wrongly. They 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 they've got a broken thinker. Um, so, um, so I do talk about, um, gotta tell you, if you asked me to talk about mm, the book that I'm working on, (laughs) I don't think I'd be stammering like this. Why the halted speech? Well, you gotta be careful. Intergenerational sex. Uh, this is to get to this terminology question. This is an a contentious term because I think by the standards of our time, we don't see any possibility for sex between adults and children. We see it as rape. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, we do, because that's that's precisely what it is. It's molestation, the bigger imposing him or herself on the smaller. That's exactly what it is. But just notice the drum that is continuing to be banged here. Anything that is historical, well, it's up for grabs. In other words, we're defining reality as a culture as we go. That is the world we are living in. Go ahead, engage them. And haven't we done that? Have have we not all done that? Well, you know, you say there's no truth, but how can I believe that statement is true if there's no truth? Boom! Mic drop! And it has, have we seen any YouTube video of a single person going, you're exactly right. I've been thinking wrong about reality for all of these years. I'm so glad you came along with one pithy statement and you fixed my thinking. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Haven't seen one of those. Now, we do see people who hear the gospel get regenerated and then start to think better until ultimately their thinking is in more and more alignment with reality. In other words, if we are going to engage, the only thing that is going to fix this utter insanity is the gospel. Um and not um, not falling within the framework of sex or sexuality. Um, I don't uh, I don't use uh, the discourse of survivors or necessarily abuse to no. make sense of um, the sources. Professor, she's a professor. She's an author. She wrote a book. Now, if you'd like, I've got more of this, but I think the point has been made well enough. This is the world that we are living in. And by the way, it isn't just the world out there that's going bonkers. It's the church in here, specifically the Presbyterian Church USA. Cool. We know they've been going off the rails for a long time, but now demanding the governor of the great state of Kentucky veto a bill that keeps kids from having their bodies mutilated. That's right. A Christian denomination. The General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church USA strongly affirms the human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, and transgender people. So, Governor, there's a piece of legislation that protects children who are confused and who have parents. Oy, oy, oy. The parents that are imposing this on their children. We don't want you to protect them. No siree, Bob. We we want you to mutilate them. That is how bonkers the world is. And by the way, did you catch the Jordan Peterson commentary on these parents who are trying to impose their bonkers thinking on their children? He said, I have two children, five and seven. One is trans and the other is pansexual. And I just thought mathematically right away, it's like the chance you have a trans kid is one in 3,000. That's not a very high chance. And let's say the chance that you have a pansexual kid is the same, whatever pansexual means. I don't even know how to calculate those odds. But whatever that is, is rarer than trans because no one ever even heard about it until five years ago. So the joint probability that you have a trans kid and a pansexual kid is one in nine million. The odds that you're a pathological narcissist sacrificing your own children to the glorification of your compassion is 8,999,999 to 1. So, like, do you have a trans kid and a pansexual kid, or are you a devouring mother? 
Well, you can look at the odds and decide for yourself. That's an easy one. Parents that seem to be uh, wanting their kids to not be in alignment with reality. Why? Why is this happening? Well, this could be one contributor from the National Geographic. Paganism is on the rise. Oh, well, that's that's cool. 1.5 million people in the United States identify as pagans. Up from 134,000 in 2001. In other words, since Harry Potter, I'm sorry, that was not in the article. Since 2001, the beginning of the decade, 1.3-ish, 1.4 million new pagans? They range from Wiccans and Comedics. Isn't that what those those late-night talk show hosts are supposed to be? Comedics? Actually, I think they are. <laughs> to TikTok witches and heathens. <laughs> We're foolish to engage with foolishness. Yeah, we can't do it. You just, you can't do it. They turn everything. So, for instance, <laughs> despite the fact that insensitive progressives are using this horrible tragedy in Nashville uh, to, to smash Christians. Here's what the Advocate headline reads. The far right is exploiting the Nashville tragedy to promote transphobia. Now, I, I'm pretty certain there probably are some goofballs that are doing that. But they see everything that's this is that. And everything that's that is this. And the only way that this is going to become that for them, it is not through the channels of logic and reason. First Corinthians 1, 2, 3. Make it clear. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Their brains are broken. And the only way that they can be fixed is through regeneration. We got to get serious about evangelism, y'all. This is Wretched Radio. And now it's time for a Wretched News Break on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. First up, we go to Canada, where a father met an untimely death for just asking someone to stop vaping near his daughter. The assailant decided stabbing the father was an appropriate response for the request. Well, in political news, a bipartisan bill to ban TikTok has some people nervous over what this is going to mean for our future. I mean, not that anyone wants to be spied on by China, but is this move going to actually give the government power over free speech? I mean, it is nice to look and see politicians from both sides of the aisle kind of working together, but not if they're just going to form a tag team and wrestle with our civil liberties. And on to the ice, where NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman has said that the league may drop its Pride Nights after an extreme amount of pushback from fans and players. It seems like the only thing people are interested in seeing are sliding pucks on the ice, not social agendas. You know, and it's funny that people actually go to hockey games to, you know, watch hockey. Have you heard the news about Judah Smith and his mega church? They're facing a class action lawsuit right now for forcing staff to tithe 10% of their wages. And I actually know of a church back home where I'm from that's doing the same thing. And it seems like people just don't understand the part in the Bible about cheerful giving. And over to the Magic Kingdom of corporate America, where Disney is in the middle of some massive layoffs. And part of that was Marvel Entertainment Chair Ike Perlmutter. It seems like at the moment in Disney, job security is a little more elusive than wholesome family entertainment. 
And a church in Maine is challenging a state law that requires schools to support LGBT policies in order to participate in a tuition program. The church is standing for religious liberty and the rights of parents to choose what's best for their children, which is something we all know is frowned upon in society at the moment. And that has been today's Wretched News Break. We have more Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 1830, Charles Finney's urban revivals begin and introduce techniques that decisively affect later mass evangelism in America. Finney's innovations included the anxious bench, a forerunner to altar calls, and the use of emotional manipulation to elicit a decision for Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now, batting about a hundred, up to the plate, Richard Dawkins, Dawkins, Dawkins. This is Wretched Radio. And the other day, Mrs. Freel and I were walking through a park. There were a number of baseball fields. It was like a little ecosystem unto itself. There were people out there, you know, just doing stuff. And kids, it was crazy. They were playing, not just on the field, but off the field. I really half expected most of the kids at least in the outfield, which is where I was always assigned to be sitting there with their mitt in one hand, their cell phone in another. But for the most part, I only saw an umpire with a cell phone. (laughs) Otherwise, people were just being people. It was a glorious thing to see. But as we're walking by one of the fields, the kid, and this must, they must have been about eight years old, 10 years old, perhaps that neighborhood to introduce the kid, the next kid who was up to bat they actually hit like a computer thing, which played through a loudspeaker. Up to bat now. Jeremy Johnson. He's eight. He's eight years old. I don't know why these kids are so desiring fame and celebrity when we're encouraging it. Nevertheless, Richard Dawkins batting well. I'm not good at baseball stats, but he got a couple of things right when he was interviewed by Piers Morgan. What do you make of of that? People these days not wanting to hear opinions they don't like. I think it's very sad. I think, especially in in universities where I've spent all my life, universities are places where you should be free to speak your mind, listen, even to something that you don't like. And it's very tragic that universities seem to have bought into the idea that if you don't like what you, what you think I'm going to hear from someone, you should shut them up. Well, actually, I would say not especially universities in public, Western civilization. Nevertheless, well, that was at least a single from Richard Dawkins right there. It's a really upside down world when occasionally Richard Dawkins, like a blind knife that finds a squirrel in the drawer twice a day, is actually making sense. Not about everything, but about some things. You had a small group of people have been quite successful, actually, in reshaping vast sways of the way society talks and is allowed to talk. It's bullying. Uh, and we've seen the, the way um, J.K. Rowling has been bullied, Kathleen yeah. Stock has been bullied. Um, they've stood up to it. But, but um, it's very upsetting the way this tiny minority of people has managed to capture the discourse and to um, really talk arrant nonsense. Do not panic. Do not panic. You're maybe thinking, hold on, you mean an unbeliever can actually speak sense on occasion? Well, actually, they they can, but don't you panic. Oh, there's plenty that he said was 
entirely wonky. <laughs> but for the moment, let's see if he can bet another single. There are two sexes. Um, you can talk about gender if you wish, and that's a subjective. I'm not. When people say there are a hundred genders, yeah, for example. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in that. As as a biologist, there are two sexes. Hmm. Uh, and that's all there is to it. And two genders. It's the same thing. It's a semantic game. Nevertheless, that could have been a double. Well, no, I was going to say a double, but because he allowed for the distinction between sex and gender, yeah. yeah, single. Race is actually a much more fluid concept than, than sex. Um, for one thing, many people are of mixed race. Mm. So they really can be, um, you know. Well, I, I had my DNA done, for example. Yes. Uh, properly tested. It came back, I had zero English DNA. Zero. <laughs> I actually have 6% Middle Eastern, Yes. <laughs> for example. Yes. Right. So that was a shock to me. I had no idea. Yes. Um, a lot of Celt, a lot of Irish and Scottish and Welsh. Yes. But no English whatsoever. Yes. Well, we're all mixed, and therefore it actually is a perfectly reasonable thing for somebody to, to identify as some particular race if they want to. But sex is not like that. Sex really is binary, mm. and therefore... Um, it's it's something is certainly worth discussing. I'm still going to give him a single because he's camping on sex versus gender. Nevertheless, Richard Dawkins not going along with the uh, lingua franca, and he doesn't even like brace yourself social media. Do you like social media? No, uh, I don't. On the whole, <laughs> I use them, I use them, but I I don't I don't like them. Why? Because. It, there's a, there's a culture of nastiness. There's a culture of hostility, a culture of um, outright rudeness, which you... And would, is that, has that always been there and we're just seeing it manifest itself now well, because of social media? I'm not or do sure. you think the very nature of social media whips people up into be something that they're not normally? I, I think you wouldn't normally actually yell insults to somebody's face if you met them in the street. And that's, in effect, what's going on. Mm. Um, it's partly fostered by anonymity. Many people don't use their own name on social media, and mm. so they, they call themselves Tinky Winky or something, and, mm. and, and therefore they feel they can yell abuse at people without it rebounding was, was on he, them. Was he taking a swipe at Jerry Falwell? That could have been <laughs> some sort of backhanded. Don't panic. Not everything Richard Dawkins said was correct. When they got into the subject of origins and the subject of life, look out, it became a dog's breakfast. Was the origin of a self-replicating molecule, a molecule that makes copies of itself. DNA is such a molecule, but the original one was almost certainly not DNA because DNA is a, it's been called a high-tech replicator. There had to be a precursor to DNA. Something, the laws of chemistry gave rise to a, a molecule uh -huh. which had this Unusual ah. property of making copies of itself. I see. Which mutated, changed in random way. <laughs> I can't take it. And so it's the laws of science. And those came from where, sir? Okay, so I'm a Catholic. I was raised a Catholic. Um, so I'm a religious person, which I know is anathema to you, and we'll come to that. But my arguments with atheists, historically, have always come down to one thing. And maybe you've got an answer which will persuade me of the folly of my ways, which is this. What was there at the start? We don't know. There you go. <laughs> but we know something was there. 
I don't know, and you don't know. But, can, but can, yeah, actually, we do because he told us who he is. No human brain, unless you want to correct me, can actually comprehend nothingness, right? No, but it's a, it's an, a fallacy to think that because I don't understand how it happened, therefore God did it. I mean, that's just weak. Well, no, I'm not, I, well, but how's about this? You're you're the God of the Bible. Okay, just set that aside for a moment. We know we can logically intuit something was there, something intelligent, something creative, something powerful, something large. What does the Bible describe God as being? Something intelligent, something is powerful, something is creative, something is everywhere. That's how you put it together, Richard. Okay, but I'm prepared to have an open mind about this, yes. but somebody did. And I just have never met a human brain that can explain to me what happened before so you go for the Big Bang argument? Well, what was I got to tell you, I am having some dissonance in my brain right now. I, I, I feel like all of the trains are just crossing tracks. In one breath, Richard Dawkins making a semblance of sense. The next thing you know, Pierce Morgan is actually making some sense. Before, what, what does nothing look like? Physicists are debating this. I'm not a physicist, but they're debating it. My point is that they don't know, and I don't know, and you don't know, and it doesn't help to postulate a god that did it. But you're certain it's not a god, and yet you admit you don't know. No, I'm, I'm certain that it doesn't help to postulate something very complicated at the outset, because what we've got is primeval simplicity, and from that stems everything. Mm. And what science <laughs> does, it starts with simplicity, which is relatively easy to understand, and from that, it develops into the whole of the universe and the whole of life. It doesn't help to start with complexity and well, well, create. How's, how's about intelligence? How's about someone who had to have it figured out and to create it and to implement it? This is an example of Richard Dawkins' brain being broken. He admits, well, we don't know. And yet... We heartily affirm we know how we got here. So you don't know where we started, you think, but you know how we got here. Sorry, color me skeptical. It has to be complex. Whatever but else the, the reason that I subscribe to the theory that there must be a more powerful being out there than anything the human race has created is because, like I say, a human brain can't comprehend nothingness or what may have come before Nothingness. That's it's it's a it's a good argument. Because you can't you can't even imagine nothing because you're imagining, and that's something. So his point is, uh, what what is what is nothing? It's what rocks dream of. The problem, even with that very clever illustration, is that you still got a rock, and you still got a dream. And all of these scientists that are trying to recreate what happened in the beginning by jerry rigging chemistry crack me up because it's like um. You're the intelligent designer in a laboratory. There you go. There's the recreation of the creation. Somebody smart had to create it. Richard Dawkins, well, not even sure he's actually in the game, but hitting a single here or there. But when it comes to the big things, the important issues, the obvious things, well, Richard Dawkins' mind, like any other unbeliever, is darkened. He doesn't need a scientific debate. He needs regeneration. This is Wretched Radio.
So you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God it's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Question, are you tired of the same old boring TV shows? Well, there is something that's not like anything else on Christian TV. It's Transform and it's back for season number two. You get to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions tackling issues like depression, anxiety, OCD, and others. These are real people with real issues being offered real solutions by our hosts, Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson. So if you're looking for something different, you know, a show that glorifies God and demonstrates the sufficiency of His Word, then Transform is for you. It's a one-of-a-kind production that provides the hope and relief that only the Bible can give. The world is full of hurting people, even Christians, and many are completely unaware of biblical counseling and the answers it can provide. So join us for Transform Season 2, the show that will transform your walk with Christ and leave a profound and lasting impact on your life. Get your hands on it now and also consider grabbing the Sunday School curriculum for your church. You can find it at transform.org or the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe. But now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two. Would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible. Titus was an apprentice and fellow missionary with Paul, left on the island of Crete to organize the churches there. The book of Titus is a manual regarding the character, behavior, and doctrine of church leaders and church members. All of these commands are grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he has done for us, and who we are in him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. One gun dud. Didn't think it'd be proof. That's right. This is my George Bush impersonation. Ay, ay, ay. This is Wretched Radio. We were going to move on from Richard Dawkins, but, well, this is just a little too precious. Um, physicists will say that, that you do not have to say there was a, a 
time began at the Big Bang is what some physicists will say. Yeah, but to which I immediately respond with my basic human brain. Well, okay, if time began, when did it begin? Well, quite. And what was there before? Right. Which is a fairly obvious question. It is a very obvious question. It's too obvious. And physicists will tell you that you're being naive. Oh, I see. Got it. This is Wretched Radio. It's so obvious. It's just naive to even consider these origin issues. Why does Richard Dawkins have to say that? Because God has made it so obvious. God has made it so clear, so simple. It is the most obvious thing in the world. Wasn't going to continue playing Richard Dawkins, but just can't help it. Now, Jimmy, you said that he was talking about death. He was, yeah. He was asked about what what do you think happens when you die? Ah, What do you think happens when you die? As Bertrand Russell said, I believe that when I die, I shall rot and nothing of my ego shall remain. I don't know why the kids are depressed these days. (laughs) Wouldn't have anything to do with that bleak nihilistic worldview, would it? Given the finality of what you think death to be, do you fear it as you get older? I fear the process of dying, but when you're dead, you don't know anything. It's just like before you were born. I think it was Mark Twain said, "I I was dead for billions of years before I was born and never suffered the smallest inconvenience. Wow, that's just really tragic. Jimmy, anything else that he contributed to this dialogue? Nah, not much, not much. He, he did have a comment about, uh, I think Morgan asked him if he, uh, how would he react if when he died he realized he's been wrong all along and he said he would be pleasantly surprised. Oh, no, you won't. No, he'll be surprised, <laughs> but it won't be pleasant. <laughs> And the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe. Because you've been very prolific, sending all kinds of articles, stories, sermons to idea at wretched.org. I gotta use them. It, it would be a waste, and as a Christian, too frugal to be wasteful. So we put them in a pile, slap the old jingle on top of it, and call it. Wide world of Christian radio or something like that. Let's go to... Oh, wow. Maine. Hoofda. Did you hear the education chief? He was being interviewed by the Education and Cultural Affairs Committee. Flat out said, academic learning, get in the back seat. It's all about social, emotional, gender, and race. Thank you for stating what has been obvious for a bit, and thank you for making clear how confused you are as an educator. That would be the parent's job to deal with these social, emotional, gender, and race issues. Your job is simple. Teach academics. It would appear that many academicians have become bored with their current subject matter. They find it more interesting to indoctrinate. At least this guy was obvious reading writing math should be a lower priority in main schools and social emotional learning and programming on race and gender should get in the front seat he expressed the view here's the explanation and the reasoning he expressed the view that students are physiologically incapable of learning about math reading and writing unless teachers first address their social emotional needs who flipped that switch maybe richard dawkins could explain that you see When I was a kid, we were made to learn the stuff. 
we just did. And it didn't matter what your social, economic, or status, you, you learned it. This fellow stating, no, they can't. They just can't. What changed? Why, why, why can't they learn it? Until you jump in and act like the parent? Oof. I'm telling you, naive. quote, every child in the room needs to feel safe. If one does, if you can track this, by the way, you're a better talk show host than I am, and that ain't hard. Every child in the room needs to feel safe. If one person doesn't feel safe in the room, the children who feel pretty safe and sure about themselves feel less safe. Huh. Your child who is in a classroom who observed the marginalization or bullying or diminishing of another human being that creates fear in the uninvolved child who is in that setting. It creates conditions that are averse to the high academic goals. High academic. High <laughs> academic. He's... He's a jokester, he is. Uh, the high academic goals that we set for our students. Except for the fact that you keep lowering the standards. Furthermore, when he was asked, why do we see such a plummeting performance when it comes to SATs, math scores? He actually denying reality. We're not really seeing that. Really. It's called social emotional learning. S-E-L. It is increasingly adopted by schools around the country. S-E-L. Mom and dad, your choice to send your kid wherever you choose for education. But you should know if they are selling your kids. Sell. Normally don't talk about the AOC, but can't help it because a lot of people, their comments in response to her saying that the parents' rights bill is fascist. <laughs> You can't reason with this. I'm just telling you. Go ahead. Have dinner with AOC. You know, fix her thinking. Go ahead. You might want to order an appetizer and a preemie and a secundi and dessert and an after dinner diet Coke because it's going to take. Well, you can't do it, actually. You can eat all day with AOC and you're not going to fix this thinking. She took the floor. She wants Republicans to keep culture wars out of classroom because what? parents don't want their kids being indoctrinated. They're fascists. Oh. You see, I think it's the exact opposite AOC, but you can't argue with inverted reality. And then calls for freedom over fascism. Here are some of the responses on the Internet machine. The left inserts culture wars into classrooms for 50 years. Then. They asked the Republican Party to keep culture wars out of the classroom. Yeah, that's pretty obvious right there. 1940, when you prevent me from doing what I want to do, even though I'm not hurting anyone else, was the definition of fascism. 2023, when you prevent me from forcing you to do what I want you to do. <laughs> Resisting fascism, if you, well, we'll just use the word that's being bandied about here. Resisting it actually is it. Oh, I'm tracking with you now. Coming from someone who doesn't know what it's like to be a parent. Mm -hmm. Susie, whoever that is, when there's no legitimate counter argument, just cry racism or fascism or just cry that you're trying to override democracy. That's the biggie. Everything I don't like is a threat to democracy. Another response. Questioning how the state raises your kids is now fascism. That means to be anti-fascist, you must surrender your children to the state without hesitation or complaint. 
This is how their rhetorical game works. Now, this was interesting. I don't know who the fellow is who tweeted this. Pro tip, don't argue with it. Simply refuse the premise and say so. Ah, They need the gospel to be certain. But I agree with engaging this. It just doesn't happen. One more. I find it interesting that the generation that grew up under the anti-bullying crusade in schools has turned into adult bullies. That's right. They started with abortion. And now they're coming after the children who are outside of the womb. No debate or discussion on the issues. They just throw out a pejorative and call it a day. That's correct. Fewer Americans prioritizing hard work. Maybe I mentioned this. Patriotism, religious faith. Wall Street Journal, under 40% of Americans said patriotism, religion are important. People need the gospel. And we better share it before they start beating the bottom of our bare feet. And we'll, we'll keep sharing it, frankly. But let's take advantage of the dim light that still remains in Western civilization. I, I would simply challenge you. I know I'm beating the drum here, but I, I, you felt the frustration, haven't you? I mean, I can, okay, want to get more frustrated? This is Teen Vogue. How to get an abortion if you're a teen. First of all, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. Having access to abortion should be your right, regardless of your parents' beliefs. So Teen Vogue a little confused about who's the parent, too. Do you fear for your safety if you reveal your pregnancy? Those Christians, you know, they lop up the heads of their children who get pregnant. Are you worried they might meet you with violence or kick you out of the house? If yes, there's a legal option in 36 states that will let you get an abortion without parental approval called a judicial bypass procedure, which is an infantilizing holdup to which nobody should have to resort. I kid you not. They called legislation to help kids get an abortion without parental consent infantilizing. Maybe they meant to say infanticizing. I'm not exactly sure, but if you and I don't start engaging the world with the gospel, while there is light, uh, it's, it's, yeah, we'll do it in prison. We'll do it in the stocks, but maybe, just maybe, we should do it now. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>